Upcyclers. Making, creating, recycling, reusing, recycling, reusing, recycling, reusing. Welcome to Upcyclers, a podcast series exploring extraordinary ideas that breathe new life into otherwise discarded objects and obsolete technologies. Hi, I'm Amanda King, and today we're going for a drive with Carly Crystal to look for roadkill. Why roadkill, you may ask? Let's listen and find out. We'll stop and have a look. And yes, looks like a juvenile cookal pheasant. And it looks like it's pretty freshly hit. Cookal pheasants are something that I see a lot. The young ones um, obviously get hit a fair bit because they're not used to the roads, but in general, a cookal pheasant has a bit of a natural response to um, predators where it will actually burrow through the undergrowth, um, emulating a small marsupial like a bandicoot to try to draw the predator away from the nest. And so when it hears a big thing come along, it is very, very likely that it will just run in order to try to get it to basically take that predator away. So, so yeah, we'll take this little fella home and we can give it a new life. There's quite a lot of roadkill on our roads. I'm specifically looking for uh, birds that might have been freshly hit during the course of the night or early morning. I actually take the feathers from the birds and create pieces of art, either for wearing on a hat or a brooch. I make some masks, pretty much anything that my imagination can drill up. I think I've always been collecting feathers ever since I was a little kid. I find them to be enormously amazing works of art. The construction of a feather and the colours, everything about a feather is captivating. You don't go out specifically looking for birds, you just keep an eye out. It's just something that I do in the process of my travels or to and fro work. How does it make you feel when you find a beautiful, vibrant bird crushed by a car on the side of the road? It's an odd mixture of sorrow and awe because you never get this close to these animals. You never get to handle them in this intimate way. It's, it's very touching. I find it very touching and it is very challenging to pluck those birds, you know. You have to treat it with due reverence and accept the measure of sadness that will always come with it. Some days I drive around and I look at all the roadkill and every animal makes me tear up and just cry because it's it's just so sad. I saw just out of the corner of my eye as I drove the wind blew up a, a blue feather. I stopped and it turned out to be a fairy wren. 
I put it in the car, of course, to, to take it home, and within about three minutes of me driving along, it woke up. So it had only been stunned. I caught it again, took it home, put it in a towel-lined box and left it overnight. Then I brought it back to the spot where I found it and I released it. Not every bird that you find is going to be dead. Some of them are injured and those animals need help. You're listening to Upcyclers and we're talking with Carly Crystal about her unusual practice of upcycling roadkill. When you're out driving, make sure you have your local wildlife rescue organisation's number handy so if you do find injured wildlife on the side of the road, you can get help. I don't pick up any animals that aren't freshly hit. So essentially what you want to do is you want to have a plastic bag to take it home in. I then take them home and put them out on a large table with a plastic bag ready and I'll start to actually pluck those feathers out. Once they're bagged up, they'll go into the freezer. The freezing kills any of those microorganisms that might actually destroy the feather. Once you've done that, if you store them properly, they can keep for 20 years or more, you know. Get him out of the bag. We'll have a little look. We might just start here with taking these wings off and that'll make it a bit easier for us to maneuver the bird around and get into those spots. I'm gonna get my secateurs into there and just chop that wing off. And we'll go over the other side and do the same. Got um, some bags here ready for the feathers to go into. And uh, essentially you just want to hold the bird firm with one hand and grab a small clump of feathers down at the base and just give it a really gentle but firm tug like this. Well, it's a bit of a messy process, of course. And obviously you want to wash your hands very well after doing something like this and all the surfaces that you've been using. We have a plucked damaged poor old kukau and what will happen to its body now? It's really nice to plant a tree directly onto a bird. I remember all of the plants that have birds under them and which bird is under those plants. Um, I guess it's just another little small way that I can try to you know honour the, the gift of that bird's life for my art as well as for my garden. Gotta go nice and deep to get the plant and the bird in. So talk me through the process of how you would put something together with your feathers and your boxes of found bits and pieces. Yeah, so lots of found bits and pieces. Um, mainly I'll, I'll be just be sort of scouting op shops for bags of beads or brooches. Um, heaps of things that I get sort of get passed down to me. Um, lots of things from my grandma. So I've got fantastic old school 
pieces of costume jewellery of hers that's just really nice to give them a new life. I sort of just go through all my bits and pieces for a little while and work out if I can find a, I don't know, a, an artistic beginning point. So in this case we're going to do a hat band, basically a piece of lace that's got a little bit of elastic and that will go around the top of the hat. And then I'll just sort of start to arrange some of these feathers around and see if I can find a nice shape. You've got a piece of costume jewellery, a, a round centrepiece. Yeah. And so I'm sort of just putting the feathers in behind that and just sort of seeing how it sits. I'll start off with some longer feathers, then I'll always bring the size down as I get down to the central piece. Because I'm using undyed natural feathers most of the time anyway, all the colours are very subtle. This arrangement here, tell me what sort of feathers you've got. I've got some guinea fowl feather, which is a really beautiful speckled black and white dotted feather. And then behind that I've got some wood pigeon feathers and they have cream to beige and black bars. And then around the central piece I have quite a few rooster feathers. I also even have an ibis feather. I've got a feature feather on this one of a white peacock feather. White peacocks are quite rare, almost impossible to get their feathers. There's a couple of bits around the central piece where the fluff's a bit, it's a bit too visible and, and I'll probably put a few more feathers in there just to cover a little bit of that fluffy downy stuff at the base of the quill of the feather and maybe I'll put a few beads. All you have to do is have the imagination and, and sit there and take the time to arrange it, glue it all together. And I guess also just, you know, that I, I resist this idea that everything's got to be perfect or that, that everything should be replicated. And I don't think that I've ever made anything that I could replicate. So one-offs. Yeah, well, it's really hard to do it any other way because every single feather is different. Um, trying to match feathers from different birds if they're the same species, you know. It's trying to match feathers from different parts of the bird. For example, if I'm trying to do a, a fan, I have to have either all feathers that have a central spine or they all have to lean to the left or they all have to lean to the right. You can't even replicate the, the all the little found objects that go into each piece. And I think I love letting something that I do be a journey and sometimes that's because I want to make something more ornate more intricate but sometimes it's also because I make a mistake and the only thing that you can really do with a mistake is to use it as a substrate for the next thing. Amanda King was the reporter, producer and sound engineer for today's story. Supervising producer was Jeanti St. Clair. Music by Minus One. Remember, please take care on the roads, especially in rural areas. Next time we're heading into Lismore in northern New South Wales to catch up with Cappy Hardacre. Cappy tinkers with electronics and has combined two unlikely electronic icons to create the Ghetto Caster. It is a, an 80s ghetto blaster tape player that has been semi-hollowed out of a wooden reinforcement structure put to the inside. 
which allows for an electric guitar neck to be bolted on with sufficient structural integrity to then be strung up like a guitar. Don't forget to like and rate Upcyclers and this story on your podcast app. And of course, share it with your friends. We love to hear from our listeners. So if you have any feedback or suggestions, make a comment or send us a message. I'm Amanda King, and you've been listening to Upcyclers.